Welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I am your host, Jeff. And I am Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if it's the best or worst thing where you figured out through your your new Zune, which is like, the, you're like you're just, I feel like this is your love child. Yeah. Like, this is your thing. Yeah. And we can now we can transport anything off of our computers, mm-hmm. and it shows up directly in our, into, in our, into our feed. <laughs> so... You're probably going to end up with a lot of <laughs> fart sounders and uh, oh, what, no. what is that? What is that sound called? I, on this website, it says rap air horn. Rap air horn. But okay. who knows? I don't Interesting. know. Uh, I'm just playing. I don't know. It's just. Dude, I had the craziest thing happen to me though. It's kind of a miracle. Okay. So I've been, dri- you know, we've talked about Frank the Tank, my truck. Yes. And it's constantly has the check engine light on. And I just kind of ignore it because then it goes off and it just comes back on. And you just, like, I don't want to put any money into this thing. Right. So I'm just kind of driving until it breaks. Right. Well, I had a headlight go out a couple weeks ago. And I've been driving around with the headlight out. Well, today it came back on. The Remember, headlight. The headlight just, dude, it miraculously just came back on. Okay. So now I'm driving around with two headlights again. So That's me. the craziest thing. Okay, well, <laughs> hyperbole, it was pretty crazy. Right. But it's like my, it's like Frank's coming back from the dead. Mm, okay, when you put it that way, then yeah. Yeah. That is pretty The check good. engine light's still on, though. The zombie it's truck. It's been on for a while, and it hasn't gone back off, so something's probably going on there, but... Yeah. Um. So, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but did you, like, how's everything with Kylie and her car, and... Oh, they, they totaled it. Yeah. Yeah, it's done, though. Yeah. Which sucks. She really likes that Jeep. Sounds like her first car. Are you guys like shopping, car shopping, or just trying to find something? Or uh, Yeah, so the good thing is is that sh- they they valued it they valued it more than what she owed on the car. Oh, awesome. So she's not going to owe anything awesome. on the loan. That's great. So that's great. Yes. Because she didn't have gap insurance. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I always do that. I, I just Sorry, Kylie. I know you're going to listen to that. And she's going to be like, Jake, why do you always say stuff like that? It makes me look bad. So I apologize. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get beat later. She was trolling me the other day. What? Oh, I saw that. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. All right. She's like, why am I not on your podcast every week? I'm like, dude, come on. I know, but then she won't. I know. She's a wuss. And she doesn't have gap insurance. Embarrassing. <laughs> she's conning everyone else into buying it, but she wasn't. I'm a, I'm not doing it anymore. Right? <laughs> if she doesn't Lo- do it, then I Loan I'm, officer Kylie. Yeah. 
No. Uh, what else is new? Um, Mother Dog. Oh, Bo. yeah, yeah. I've been seeing. So, okay. <laughs> is it like the second child where, you know, <laughs> everyone, like the first kid, like mm-hmm. every everything's like real sensitive and you're like oversensitive to every little thing. You create an Instagram for him. Yep. Is Bo going to get an Instagram? No. Wow, dude. Bo just lives on Tucker's Instagram. That's not cool. I don't know about that. So, okay, you're probably right. I am right. It's so much work to have to like do two Instagrams on. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why you put like the, the oh, I don't know. Think of a, a cool duo name. Sure. Maybe. But Tuck's just so famous so, now. So like, there's these two Goldens that are really popular on uh instagram Uh and they're called rita and their names are rita and rosa Mm -hmm. and just rita rita is the older one and just rita has her own instagram and rosa is is like on the instagram is on rita's quite a bit and they even post stuff about because rita was uh rosa was born without a right front leg Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so that they've been cataloging her like journey Mm -hmm. to get like a prosthetic and they're fitting her for prosthetic and all this stuff so um yeah i think it could work with just having tuckers i disapprove but yeah i I get that (laughs) i get that but we're i I wouldn't say we're any less protective, though. So Bo got kind of attacked yesterday oh, at the dog at the park, park. Yeah. and um, like Kylie was just Kylie like instinctively like went in to try to like break it up, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. this dog had like f- like his had Bo's like neck hair uh-huh. just like just really, st- and she's trying to pull it off. Eventually, I just grab I just grabbed the dog and uh-huh. I chuck him. <laughs> like I just grabbed him and I chucked him, and right. then the dog comes running back, and then he goes at it again, and I grab the dog and I and throw him again, <laughs> and we had all of our golden fr- like all of Tucker's punch. all of Tucker's golden friends were there, yeah. Timber and Winston. They um, didn't back him up. No, they didn't. Wow. They didn't back. They didn't back up the young Wait. one. But Tuck all didn't the, back up his boy, Bo? No, so Tuck just <laughs> when he's at the dog park, he just goes off and does his own thing. Like okay. he just he we you watch Tuck from a distance. He just right. goes around and says he's so dog oriented, he just goes from group to dog group of dogs to group of dogs to group of dogs saying hi. Mm. And he'll just go and like lick their face and right. just keep moving around, <laughs> chasing balls. Right. Yeah. He's he's a free spirit. So he was quite a ways away when it oh, happened. Oh, okay. But Bo's sticking close by though? Bo's much more of your typical golden. Mm. He's um, much more people oriented. Where Tuck's just kind of like you know, I'll take. I like you know, I like attention, but I can take it or leave it. Interesting. Where he's like Bo, like gives hugs and Aww. like will cuddle on your like cuddle on your on yeah. your lap and stuff. So mm. um, definitely two very very different right personalities. So is it like locked down? Like that's your dog now? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. We, okay. we paid the lady today. So oh. We control where he goes. That was kind of our thought process behind it. Like either way, we were mm-hmm. going to buy her out. That mm-hmm. way, you know, if we do, if we did rehome him, right, we could control what home we were setting oh, him to. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, so, gotcha. Because otherwise, like the person didn't even vet us. Right. They were like, just come pick up the dog. Oh, jeez. And like they didn't like know anything about us. Didn't right, ask right. any questions. They just, we got there. All of his stuff was already on the porch. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it was nice meeting you. Good luck. Good luck. Wow. Take your dog. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good of you to like 
if if we're going to rehome it, at least we're you know we'll yeah. vet somebody mm-hmm. opposed For sure. to them just handing yeah. It and off. then and then it just got to the point where like he's part of the family now. Yeah, him him and Tucker get along really well. Okay, so. okay, I'm excited. I'll have to meet him. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so I'm exhausted. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I text you. I have nothing for today. That's fine. Um, and you want to, you you know, it's funny because you're like, I know you're going to say no, but we don't have to do this <laughs> week. And I'm like, you know, if this is not an obligation for me, this is fun. I like doing I know, this. I know. I know. <clears throat> and uh, it's just like, you know, even if people listen or not, you know, that's not why we got into this. We got into this to to hang out and and express how angry and sad and happy we are about <laughs> life and all in the same time right exactly so you know this is i i have plenty to vent i have a lot of thoughts about different things um that i've been thinking about lately and i can get into those or we can get into whatever yeah, you want i'm I, very just chill okay but let me just start by saying one thing okay and we, we will get to your notes no no, no 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 we <laughs> we can get to those or don't get to those. It doesn't matter. I've been thinking lately. Um, I've been doing more research into like this. I don't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been just doing, you know, I'm, I'm constantly trying to do research about like my opposition's position sure. on things. And you and I have had some conversations in the last few days about it. I'm starting to question my own views and ideas on things Mm, how so in the sense that like i i i know there's some certain things about like politics or or social issues that i know i stand firm on because i've done enough research to to have those opinions Mm -hmm. but there's some things where where i hear the right arguing about like and they're usually like sweeping um general statements about about the left but then i do you know i start to wonder like i start to question i don't know if i'm if i'm not if i'm right i don't want to look at it in in black or white if i'm right or wrong you know what i'm saying but but then i start thinking like maybe maybe i don't know i just don't i want to start questioning things more Mm -hmm. um but also you know if I if I feel something about something, say so, and I'm gonna start that. I'm gonna start that right now with this idea that I think it was. I think it was okay that Donald Trump bought all that fast food for those guys. Sure. Yeah. Which is not something that, and I'm starting to get annoyed by this narrative of like. Ew, oh my God, he bought trash food. He's a trash president. President That makes sense. Blah, 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 blah. People are making that argument. Oh, yeah. That's gross. Yeah. and It's, it's as gross as all of that fast food. Yes. But <laughs> whatever. I guess I guarantee you that the, those Clemson players, they're not paid. Right. They're like, getting a giant free meal. Yeah. They're going to the White House. They didn't care. No. I'm sure they loved it. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. I mean... Uh, wouldn't have been my choice, <laughs> but right, whatever. Exactly. But whatever he 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 still wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. He he says he paid for it. Who knows? Um, but see, that's where it gets me. It's like oh, that he had to it. brag for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I totally get that, and that just triggers his opposition into mm-hmm. just being like, oh, but you could only buy fast food. Like I get arguments on both sides, but on a fundamental basis, for me, it's like, 
That's cool. He did that. It's phony out. It's it's right. If Greg Gutfeld's book did one thing, is points out phony outrage. Yes, and I think that that's what I'm getting at when I say that maybe with a lot of things that the right has a, a a good point or an argument, and I think on the the left you could say that as well. But I'm just starting to like really pick up on more and more of this phony outrage, like of just like, are you really that mad about it? Like. Just say, all right, cool. Like, in the grand scheme of things, there are a billion other things we could really pound this president on. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to him just buying burgers and pizza for kids, like, okay, that's his diet. You can't fault him for, like, just being (laughs) like, hey, these guys are going to eat what I'm going to eat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he's not. Look at who we're talking about as far as personality. That doesn't surprise me. And, and, And to even take credit and just be like, I paid for it. I'm the man. Like, it's like, yeah, that's par for the course. Like, this shouldn't shock anybody. So stop. Like, you're really going to write all these stupid ass articles just to like, and everyone's like, oh, my God, everyone's so polarized on whether or not this was good or bad or Donald Trump. And then have, did you see that Gillette commercial? The toxic masculinity yes. one? Yes. Uh, I didn't watch it. 292,000 thumbs down on it. Jeez. Yes, and I think there was maybe twenty thousand thumb up. Um, I mean, what was it? I got it right here. All right, <laughs> perfect. Um, the zoom comes in handy. Yeah, and I'll I'm, play. I'm it. interested because I've I've meant to click on it all day. I just yeah. Was busy with well, and it's just like people. I uh, I don't know. There's an alt right guy that I listen to sometimes just to get that perspective. No, yeah, you got to get the perspective. <clears throat> and, who, who is uh, it? It's that comedian I was telling you oh, about. I don't want to talk about him. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give his name because he's a psychopath. Um, but one one thing that he's been doing. Oh, the guy that has a history degree? Yes. Okay. One thing that he has been doing that I think is really interesting. Now, he he is 100% on board that no one has ever been to the moon. Humans have never been to the moon. Mm, okay. And what he's been doing lately that I really appreciate is his approach to... He believes that the earth is a sphere and a lot of his followers are just as loony as him and they're trying to prove to him that the earth is flat. And he is saying, listen, I'm going to strip down everything I know about planet earth and I want to find the most proof without using a government agency to say that the earth is round or a sphere, whether that's through a mathematical equation or through observing the stars and the planets in the sky like i want to strip down and see for my own evidence so that when somebody comes to me i can have actual evidence or mathematic proof to mm-hmm. show them sure which i think is that's a fair cool. argument i cool. get that um but with this gillette commercial he's just like he's very he is said to be a white supremacist um and it, and it gets into that argument of like they he has white pride no okay yeah and he wants to continue the white race yeah, and like mm-hmm. that's just the rabbit hole he's just gone into because he i don't know it's ugly he's crazy but he was the one who started talking about this commercial and it popped up on my feed a few times and i ignored it but then when i started watching this all right guys video and he was all dramatic about it i'm like let's see if it's really something to be that dramatic about. Sure. Um, so I wanted to check it out. Okay. So We're going to watch it here. Yeah, here it is. Um, and feel free to to chime in or comment if you want. Okay. 
the Me Too movement against sexual harassment. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Not cool, not cool. Some already are. In ways big and small. I am strong. But some is not enough. It's not how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. The best a man can be. It's only by challenging ourselves to do more that we can get closer to our best. Okay. <laughs> Triggered! Um, <laughs> I don't really see where people are getting mad me neither so it has uh 515,000 thumbs down jesus and 183 thumbs up um that's uh that's pretty even for internet standards that's yeah. a pretty big disparity right <sighs> okay overall who cares it's a positive message and it's a private company and it's not hurting anybody i mean really to put that message of like Hey, maybe don't be an asshole. Uh, what's the what's the problem with that? I I don't necessarily think it's it's damaging to masculinity, and that's the argument that these people are making. Is that your people are trying the, the constant argument I see from that guy and other guys, which uh, he's really good friends with. Uh, what's his name? Gavin. Kevin McInnes, yes, the guy that founded the Proud Boys, yes, yeah, and he's always talk texting him like on his live streams and stuff and laughing. What do they call themselves? Um, sh- uh, gosh, what was it? Something chauvinists. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they're idiots. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like this. This, it's just this idea that that society today is trying to um, emasculate men. Yeah, in general. trying to make them betas. Yes. Yeah. Right, and I see that argument all the time. I don't understand. So, if you don't tell a girl to smile, like you're somehow not a man, like, right? I don't like if you just like um, <laughs> if you're not a date rapist, like <laughs> you're, a, you're not catcalling at yeah, girls. Like yeah. I don't understand. Like if that wasn't if that was made not okay by our culture, like right. you were going to be held accountable for your mm-hmm. words, not right. legislatively, right? But Socially. Socially. Yeah, absolutely. That somehow is degrading to... Masculinity. The, to the male gender. Like, yeah, I don't understand. Because you can't act like a piece of shit, like you feel oppressed. <laughs> like, what? 
Uh, I don't know. I, I will say, as far as that commercial, I really like the part. Um, there's a lot of good parts about it, but I, I enjoy the part. I like the part or the pointing out of that. I hate the... I Overall, I hate this, this notion of mansplaining mm-hmm. and how it's kind of attacked, like... Because that's not always the case mm-hmm. <laughs> when like people are trying to explain things, and I think it's 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 a little people get a little outraged, a little too sensitively about those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But they have a very good point in case when the boss at the table or or the guy standing up and he puts his hand on the woman's shoulder. And he's like, "What she's really?" I think what she's really trying to say. And I was just that was the one point like I cringed. Like, oh, that's that's. You know, that happens mm-hmm. and that's terrible. But yeah. that was the one that was just like got to me like, oh, and and one thing about this, this all right guy that I was talking about is he has two sons like how I, I just like to imagine or wonder how your perspective changes if you have a daughter. Like imagine your daughter being in those situations, but instead you have these two boys and you're trying to protect their masculinity in yeah. some weird way or reason. Mm-hmm. But for a second just imagine like i don't know your daughter being sure. put in that situation and, and maybe he can't do that or he doesn't do that he's not the most well thought out guy um as i've told you before but it's just like that's what i couldn't help but think like this isn't a bad thing this is dude that when i watched that ruth bader ginsburg documentary mm-hmm. i got choked up watching the trailer just by seeing this woman just crush it like because i have I'm surrounded by women. My whole family is freaking women. Like there's maybe like a few boys. And so like, I, I do like to see that progress in equality and recognition of, of what they're doing. I just don't, I don't know. What are you thinking? Yeah. I, I, I can't, I, well, the thing that like got stuck in my mind yeah. talking about this was during the, like the Kavanaugh debates, mm-hmm. um, in the Kavanaugh confirmation yeah. hearings, um, you constantly heard people saying, or I heard, I mean, I shouldn't say, I, I heard people making this argument, yes. uh, both politicians and, uh, friends of mine on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, acquaintances on Facebook yeah. saying, well, I'm really nervous for my sons. Like, yes, yes. Like, oh, some, <laughs> some, some harlot yeah. can just say anything about my son right? and his whole career is over. Right. I'm just like well, that's. I mean, that's what you're taking from right, all of this, right. like that. Okay, I mean, sure. Right. Does that happen? Mm-hmm. Where women falsely accuse men? Mm-hmm. Sure, right. I'm sure it's happened. Right. But not at the. That's. I don't know. I don't understand. Like that's what was taken out of the Kavanaugh yes. hearings. Yes. Wasn't that there's a whole. There's been whole generations of women right. who have had to suffer sexual harassment. Yes, yes. No, it's our sons we have yes. to worry about. Yeah, and I think with that Gillette commercial, the point of the commercial is like, let's ju- let's just train our sons to be better. Yeah, that's what I took from it. Yeah, and when you do that, you won't have to worry about shit like that. Mm-hmm. If, and it's not just with women in that commercial. Like, there's a, a child being bullied by other guys, or a kid being beat up with another by another boy, and yeah. like, it's just like, all right, guys, like, knocking off, quit picking on. It's just, it's just humanity. Just be a good person. Mm-hmm. Don't let kids get bullied. Don't let. But if you give sixth place trophies, Jeff, then yeah. you create entitlement and right. you create lazy men who don't want to don't want to compete. 
four what do you things. mean trophies well sixth place I, you always hear this cliche like oh you get the participation yeah. trophies you get a you get a trophy for placing sixth so they're saying like well that kills the male the natural male com, you know comp yes uh, like tendency to be you know competitive and want to drive to be to be the top mm-hmm. to be number one and then that lack of you know that lack of competition because you're right. getting rewarded for failing doesn't make people doesn't motivate like it it kills motivation i men. wonder if there's been any studies on that i'm sure there has been yeah it'd be interesting because i think i don't know if it started with my generation but i know that i got participation trophies all throughout soccer mm-hmm. you know and it's funny because this morning um i've been uh so Jen's friend added me on our Fitbit account. Mm-hmm. We're friends. And then she invited me to like this weekly challenge. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll try it. And then I'm getting these updates like, hey, and it's a group of a bunch of people I don't know. So friends inviting friends. Inviting okay. Friends. And it's like, hey, you're neck and neck with Brian. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I ignore the notification. And it's like, hey, now you're neck and neck with uh, Sarah. And I'm like, oh cool and it's like all right now you've just passed brian and or you know brian and sarah and steve and i'm like then i open the app and i look right to see kind of to see if i can look at the ranking of who's Mm -hmm. got more steps who's burning more calories all of that and i'm in the middle of the pack that immediately motivates me to like become number one Mm -hmm. and it's just like i was telling jen it's so funny how just that stupid little app and that stupid little challenge with people i do not know seeing myself not be number one i'm like okay all right i'm gonna get you (laughs) (laughs) which is it's it's i have such a competitive nature for games when it comes to that Mm -hmm. and i was in that participation trophy era i just i just wonder if like I just think of it as as an incentive of like here, like we recognize that you're doing something. You know what I mean? And that's another thing that gets shit on, like you said, is just like this participation trophy or or getting recognized for mm-hmm. just being a part of it. Why is that bad? Yeah. And I would I would like to look up some studies. That'd be interesting to find if like if there is a correlation between less competitive guys or or children or or yeah. Athletes. The only thing that I can. Um that I can think of yeah. that like I've run across yeah. is um, th- that in s- like political psychology mm-hmm. um, compensating the losers yeah. helps those helps the losers re like feel still a part of like the reintegration of like losers or yeah. the compensation yeah. of the losers yeah. actually helps the whole society and like the whole group in, mm-hmm. in a long mm-hmm. run because they still feel a part exactly. of the group and yeah. are, are yeah. more willing in the future to to um to be productive to participate yeah. and be more productive yeah um versus them feeling marginalized because they lost right uh looking at like that historically um the difference between what what you know germany did what what happened to germany post-world war one they mm-hmm. were highly punished right they were marginalized within europe yeah um cut off from you know from being part of being part of trade deals with other european nations yeah versus in world war Two, being reintegrated into the new world order having mm-hmm. a stake in the new world in the, right. in the in the post in the post uh world war Two order right and now germany is 
stable, right? Uh, can one of the high, one of the biggest markets in the world mm-hmm. and a staunch ally of the United States, right? I don't know if that's a direct correlation, I, no, I think that's but a I think great example. So that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Um, but I don't know. I think overall the point is is like, <laughs> I, I I there's another there's another instance. Um, on on Facebook with a friend of mine, uh, I I wonder if he's gonna listen to this, but you know he was just like he's always commenting. Has he been listening at all? Uh, I told him to listen to the last one because you had the tales from behind the counter. Oh, okay. I wanted to he- him to hear some of those things because he's always commenting on like gun legislation. So wait, I, the, wait the the guy you play Xbox with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, not the same one, a different one, the one I told you about. The one that goes on your other your other part on the knuckle draggers. He hasn't been. Hasn't yes, been. Okay, yeah. that one. Yes. Okay. Um, but he he posted something today about um, on a gun. It's funny because he's always commenting on these gun mm-hmm. sites and and always saying these things. And um, I'm screen capping all of them because um, I have a project. I think I told you about that. We're oh, gonna yeah. do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says uh, I don't know the. Oh, it said something about Oregon kind of pushing forward some legislation to become like some of the most restrictive. Yeah, uh, it's in committee right now. Right. On the, you know, the, I'm aware of it. So his comment was, this is what they're brainwashing kids to believe in public schools now. Maybe we should all start pulling our kids out of the public school system. Oh, okay. And I said, or raise and educate your kids to be better so they're not susceptible to brainwashing. And then he said, that's a start, but I'm only responsible for my kids. I can't say how um can't say i can control how others are raised and i said and that's the beauty of america (laughs) is like you aren't responsible for others hopefully they raise their kids to question things and also avoid sweeping generalizations i will say i was thinking about this today that our you shouldn't have to spend thirty thousand dollars plus yeah on an to be able to think critically i don't think Dude, our, it's so annoying i don't think our public i don't think our public school system is doing enough to force kids to think critically about things okay and i think it needs i think Ooh. there i do think there needs to be a fundamental change yes. to how many how many months kids are in school yeah i think we're we're falling behind the yeah. rest of the world you know what's interesting and i'm glad that you brought that up is uh i went to the blazer game on friday with uh-huh. my niece and we went out to dinner and we're just talking and she's just now starting to like get into uh, social studies oh cool so i'm hyped you yeah, know right and um so i'm asking her about it like what are you learning what are you guys you know doing and she's like i'm not really into it and i was like what like that breaks my heart mm-hmm. that you're not into social yeah. studies and i was like why and she was just like, well, I was like, what are you learning about right now? And she goes, well, w- I think the plan is, is like at, through the years through, I think she's in sixth grade, through sixth, seventh and eighth, we're going to look at different sections of the globe and like different, you know, continents. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I was like, well, so what's going on? And she's like, well, right now we're looking at like, we're right now we're looking at the Incas and the Aztecs. And I was like, oh, like immediately mm-hmm. just fired yeah. up. Yeah, you're excited. And she's like, but. All we're looking at is like geography and like the setup of their town, not socially like who they were as people and their culture. And I'm just like crushed yeah. because that's what she's interested. She wants to learn about mm-hmm. that stuff. Granted, they're, it, it's a pretty savage history. I mean, as far as like they didn't get too much into like sacrificing and warfare and, and the introduction of the Spaniards and all that. But it's like why? 
Exactly. Can, can a sixth grader not handle that? I, exactly. They're watching worse on TV and wa- and playing yes. worse on their video games. Yes. Exactly. So, so you I, don't think a kid can handle colon- like the truth, like, the truth of colonialism? Yeah. Like, I I don't know why they're they're. It seems like from what she said that they're trying to avoid that stuff. Well, like she didn't say that, but yeah, but the I mean, why she the way she was structuring like how she was telling me about it, I'm like, it sounds like they're trying to avoid those things. Well, and we know that there is. I mean, through history 480. Yeah. How little time you actually have yes, in a year. Yeah. But. I think I feel like the wrong things are being prioritized. Well, and so what's a, what's what's more important? Yeah, just you and I have been completely through like yeah. the post secondary education system. What's more important? Being able to and I don't I don't history is not memorizing dates and places, right? right? It's understanding that you know this you know anyway. It doesn't matter. We don't get into that. But <laughs> what's more important? Being able to tell what is the social what was the social structure of 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 the of the Incan and Aztec civilizations, yes, or where Machu Picchu is exactly. Like, like I don't know. That's not going to matter when you're analyzing something critically mm-hmm. or comparing cultures or societies. You're not going to be like, well, I don't really know how to look at this objectively, but I do know where the Aztec Empire is, where Mexico City is. Okay, you could Google that. But they, she did tell me that they did tell her, tell the kids about the Aztec ball game. Yeah, um, and the losers were like killed, right? I don't know if they told them that, mm. but I told her that. I was like, you know, sometimes like the losers would get beheaded, and then they'd play a round of the ball game with their heads. And she's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if telling an eleven-year-old that is, but she's she's so mature. But um, you know, it's it's like that. There's so much there and i just like had a million things running through my mind culturally that i wanted to tell her but it's just like where do you <sighs> like where do you begin right and how much i don't know it's just frustrating so yeah i mean th- my first thought was are they again who knows how much time you really have to teach students in the classroom i know i get how hard it is and that's why maybe you're right when you're saying Round the clock school. Like, why are we have summers off? No kids are working on farms anymore. You can have a month break. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Don't get burned out. But then if you if you extend that school, I would imagine that there'd be less hammering of homework and pressure to get it done today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, then you could take your time to really get into things. But which is why I liked this after getting acclimating to the semester system. Mm-hmm. I actually felt like I learned way more in semester classes yes. than I did in quarter classes. Dude, the 16 weeks to really get into something and to develop that, you know, as things build upon themselves mm-hmm. to kind of to help you understand maybe either a timeline or just a little a bracket of time, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just it was awesome. Even in English just just you know, global literature is very broad, but you get to look at different cultures and different continents and countries and people you're analyzing it all the same way but you're getting different material yeah it's just for to have 16 weeks to be exposed to so much more mm-hmm. it just helped yeah it definitely did <sighs> so yeah so just like see just having her say that it just kind of bummed me out that she's not 
interested in those social studies. Maybe it's the teacher. I think she did say something about maybe her having a, a sub for quite a while. Okay. And the sub's kind of old-fashioned mm. and not really um, aware of, like, this generation and, sure. and how they are. Yeah. That would be tough. I yeah. mean, so much of education is the teacher um, yeah. in terms of how much you care and how much you, you retain. Right. Um, how much you engage with yeah. the material. Um, yeah, I don't, I just feel like on top of all of that. Right. And I wish that we, you know, students could study more. So there's less, there's less like misconceptions yeah. about basic historical events. Mm-hmm. Like you, I, I see, I constantly see people making arguments about, about it, things that have happened in the United States or things that have happened like for, for example, for, for example, uh-huh. something I, I ran into a discussion I had a, like a few days ago uh-huh. was somebody having no idea like what the, like, Oh, like, um, Uh-oh. about the Mexican American war. Oh, okay. I thought I saw you commenting on something, but it was something different. Oh, okay. what, what, what were I think you it was about? something about the civil war you were commenting on. Maybe it was like a week or two ago, but I think it was a Mexican, I was okay, Mexican American war it. because they were saying like, what? Why should a country have to be sorry for giving back land after a war? They're saying because the United States military went all the way to Mexico City in the Mexican-American War, yeah. that the United States should actually be, be praised for giving back the land from <laughs> Mexico City to the Rio Grande. Okay. Instead of like... Say, because the, there was in response to somebody saying that the United States stole all of that territory after okay. the Mexican-American War. Right. And it's just like you don't even understand like the basic history of te- of Texas, right? The Texas War for Independence, the Texas yeah. the uh, the annexation of Texas, and then the subsequent Mexican American War, like, right? Not having any any sort of just a complete misconception that the United States was was somehow fighting Mexico. They don't really know why the United States was fighting Mexico, but clearly the United States was half just default has to be right. Yes. And therefore, Ooh. all of that land that they took, yeah. well, that's just that's the that's just what happens in yeah. the in, it's in inherently war. ours anyways because we were fighting in the right, so they should be thankful that we're. Yeah, giving I it don't back. know anything about it, but we won it in a war, so it's ours. <laughs> it's like you don't know anything about the war, like right, you right. didn't state any like any historical right evidence. You just saw America fought in a war, America won a war, and we ended up with land. That right there. That sentence that you just said, I think, encompasses the the level of thinking that that you don't have until you've been trained to think critically. Mm-hmm. We were in a war. We won the war. We must have been right. So th- it's our land. You know what I mean? Instead of looking at it and be like, w- like how many times? How many times now do you and I constantly? I don't know. I I talk about it a lot. I don't know about you recently, mm-hmm. but how much I go. I wonder why I think that, and then look look it up, and find out the truths of something, mm-hmm. and then then shape my opinion or ideas or thoughts on something instead of just reading a meme and going, oh okay, <laughs> like <laughs> okay that's it, got it, thanks. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that what you just said is like people just they see something, must be true. Now that's my truth. Mm-hmm. They make these very simplistic, like generalizations. Their truth. Yeah, and and I think 
college helps break you of that. Yeah. Why can't I, maybe because they're too young, or maybe we're not trying. I don't think that's it, man. I don't think that it's they're too young. I think kids are. Smart. I don't think. I don't think it is. I. I don't personally yeah. think it is either. Yeah. I just. It needs to be in each kid. We shouldn't have. It should be like a national, like this should be like a, a national cause. Yeah. That student Americans shouldn't have to spend thirty pl- grand plus mm-hmm. to be able to be f- functional. Yeah. Like, just you know, to have a functional discussion. Right. Right. Because like our political discourse is destroyed because yes. people don't know how to d- converse with each right. other. Right. Absolutely. It's all emotional. People get so mad. And so because you're challenging their truths instead of having years of your truths being challenged mm-hmm. and then and then forcing you to explain why. Yeah. Cite why you feel that mm-hmm. way or think that way and then present an argument that makes a comprehensive argument that makes sense. Yeah. And I want. OK, so. Uh-oh. I don't want to offend people in saying like, oh, if you don't go to college, you can't no, take no, critically. No, 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 There are a lot of people who still yes, do. Yes, yes. But I feel like on the the society as a whole, yeah. I well, don't look, feel I don't feel like our our secondary education system is yeah. doing enough. I needed it. I said this last week. I needed that because I wasn't thinking critically. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Yeah. And, and mm. I was taking these things broadly as their truths. Like, oh, that must be true. So. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to tell others that. Mm-hmm. So dumb, dude. Yeah. Or, and, and it's, it's like, it's so simplistic of like, we've talked about this a billion times, but I think it also applies to like, you know, as well as memes, it also applies to headlines. You like, you read a headline, now that's your truth. Instead of opening the article and reading the details yeah. of what exactly, I mean, think about how clickbaity the 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 internet world is and things are just being said to like to get you to ra- react emotionally mm-hmm. and and some people will just react to that headline and now that's their truth and now they're spreading that and it's like well did you read the article now i don't know i don't know where i was going with that but <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying as far as me i needed that college education that kind of forcing me to to do things differently Mm -hmm. i didn't graduate high school so i i don't know what it would have been like getting to senior year and and how because i know they do a big like research project as a senior and you have to like write like a 20 page paper and do like like you have to like go and do research for it yeah but it's not really i don't know it feels like it's a daunting thing but it really isn't my experience with that re with that research is that oh my god i'm dropping <laughs> everything is that they're not really um vetting your sources that much like i did mine on um just gun rights i don't even remember what my thesis was but i was pulling like some just bs stuff like it wasn't like i'm not we're not talking journal like journal articles or here or anything it's just like I believe the Second Amendment is good, and here's a bunch of things saying why the Second Amendment is needed, and there's my paper. Like a, l- a bunch of people did it on the Aztec calendar. What? Yeah. Were um, you just and like or the Mayan? Sorry, the Mayan calendar, yeah, yeah, the yeah. 2012. Right. Because like, I was I graduated in 29, 2009, so there was a bunch of people 
Like that was the, the whole whole talk was was the world going to end in 2012 and stuff really? like that. So like half of my half of my senior English class did um, the Mayan calendar. That's weird. Yeah, but I was going to ask you. So for you, was it like was it a project where you were? No, it wasn't. Never mind. I know the answer. It wasn't you looking to make an argument that. I mean, we we all have done. We all come from a point we all have a ba- bias that we've de- mm-hmm. you know we've learned that when we look into something we're looking into it because it interests us so when when you're going into that you have the idea and you have this notion that the second amendment is bible yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know so but you're not going to challenge yourself as far as looking at the opposition especially when it's your senior year and you're just trying to get it done yeah you're just trying to get done. Right. And I didn't like school then. Um, yeah, no, it, it... Were you a good student? Did I ever ask you that? I wasn't a good student. <laughs> you weren't? No, I mean, I didn't fail classes, mm-hmm. but I was definitely better my freshman and... Uh, fr- I was better my first three years. Senior year, I did not mm. really challenge myself at all. Yeah. I pretty much fell off the fell off the wagon there my <laughs> senior year. Which happens, dude. It totally happened. Dude, this last senior year for college, I was like, I'm ready to be done. Mm-hmm. And now I miss it every single day. Yeah. Um, senior year, I'm, I CWP, I feel like my professor, just looking back on yeah. it, so missed the ball mm. on us, uh, dropped the ball. Confusing mm-hmm. like sayings here. But yeah, <laughs> um, like, so dropped the ball with... Just the opportunity. structuring that class, mm. and then um, I was in. I chose not to do AP English. Right. I went and did sports literature. Oh. So I wasn't. <laughs> and then I had Spanish too with a bunch of freshmen because I waited until my last year of high school oh. to do my language. Yeah. And then I did a fourth year of math, but it was math. Uh, it was a. It was like math and society. Dude, I took that in college. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> it was basically the same class, yeah. just a little, you know, the college class was more difficult. Yeah. But this was essentially like the same structure, like how to do, you know, interest rates. Right. And stuff okay. Like that. Okay. Um, what else did I take? Uh, I was in band. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I was in jazz band. I didn't do band. I had a, I had six period off. I had PE. So I just was not really challenged right. as much because i was in pre i was in ap english my uh in ap history my damn um, my junior year and i was in ap cwp i didn't do ap english my yeah uh, my senior year so i mean i wasn't a, i wasn't i mean that's pretty good if you're in ap right they kind of let anybody in ap not me <laughs> they kicked me out <laughs> I, feel, I feel like if your parents made a big enough stink about it, like uh, in, in my high school, so that's you, annoying. You, you could get in. You you could like yeah. You could be an AP kid, even though I don't think a lot of the kids like really deserve to be there. Oh okay. I don't think I deserve to be there. Stop but, it. Um, no, I do. I wasn't. Man, I you should have. Oh gosh, if you could hear the things I said my junior year in history class. Like oh, I would love. I would love it. Hopefully, there's a time machine one day where we can go back and not affect things, mm-hmm. but almost like be like holograms. And well, just watch. I told you I made a ki- like a girl like cry o- no. over a debate about the Second Amendment. Oh no! So, did I? I don't think I've ever told. You never I told me this. Do you want to? Do you want to hear the story? Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna say no to that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, do- uh, in uh, to my junior year in yeah. AP U.S. History, we had. Um, 
uh, uh, Mrs. Perkins, who is phenomenal, mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal teacher, mm-hmm. and she, um, she did it. She had really, really, in very unique um, lesson, like interactive lesson plans. Okay, and one of them was. Uh, she did, and she never let you know ahead of time when they were going to be. That way, you didn't. You're kind of caught off guard. And okay. You couldn't like prepare your answers and stuff like right. that. So we get in there, and she's like, "Okay, everybody, like, uh, you know, everybody, sit down. Mm-hmm. Here's a scenario: um, a foreign government, a foreign country, has taken over the United States mm-hmm. for reasons unbeknownst to you yeah. or in the rest of the country. They have chosen this AP U.S. history course um, to determine." the direction of the country going forward. Okay. And she goes and lists like all of the rights that the bill of rights, you know, protects mm-hmm. as, you know, civil liberties of the, of, of, you know, of Americans mm-hmm. to keep the peace. They're allowing you to keep three. You have 60 minutes. Okay. To unanimously. Oh no. 25 high school kids, right. With all of hot opinions. With Jake Jokum. With Jake Jokum <laughs> sitting in there. Right. <laughs> and uh, like, um, you have 60 minutes to unanimously no choose all way. three or you don't get any. You have 60 minutes. Yeah. Go. Just talk it out. Right. I do. I wouldn't like the second amendment go. Like I was, oh. that was going to be because everybody was like, at the time I was so discouraged. I was like, why? Like the second amendment allows us to fight and take back America. Right. right, right. We, we lose the ability to keep and bear arms. We can't form a legitimate resistance. Right. If they're going to give it to us, we might as well take that. Yeah. So we just kept arguing and arguing and arguing. People were getting so pissed at me. Were you the I soul? Like I would not relent. But oh, I convinced no. them all. I convinced <laughs> them all to let up because they're like they're like just give it to After them. After you made her cry. No, no, this is this is this is <laughs> yeah. I convinced all of them except for one. Uh-huh. Her name was Mercini Papas. Okay. Her and I had been going to school with to each with each other since first grade okay. when she moved. Her family moved here from Greece. Uh huh. So I've known this person for a long time. Right. And she she said she wouldn't she was so against guns she couldn't even put her she couldn't wow. allow she couldn't allow Good for her. It, she she stood her ground right. the same way I stood my ground. Right. At the time I thought like well this is she's a terrible person. Right. Obviously looking back she was just as just she was just as um bullheaded as I was yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um so she wouldn't sign off on it. Yeah. And Miss Perkins said she's like I have we got to the 60 minutes like class was over this was sixth period this was the end of the day. Yeah. And she said Miss Perkins was like I've never had a class who didn't Whoa. Who, who didn't get there. She, she's like I I don't care. She's like okay this is what I'm going to do. She's like everybody write down whether you agree with the three on the board in the second, in the second amendment was like the right to keep and bear arms was up there mm-hmm. with other two others. I can't remember what it was. I think yeah. it's like illegal search and seizure or like right to a jury or something like uh-huh. that. And, um, cause I wanted freedom to assemble freedom to, um, freedom of speech and, uh, right to keep and bear arms. Cause okay. like, that's how I'm going to like, that's how we're going to get our resistance going. Right. 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 Um, so anyway, they, so I'm like, okay, so I'm good with that. Everybody said that they were good with that except for one person. And it was supposed to be unanimous, but everybody fucking know who it was, right? It was Mersini. <laughs> so, and so somebody, somebody yells, somebody yells out, God damn it, Mersini. Like, why couldn't you just go along oh with it? And she God. just, she just starts crying. Oh no. And then I had this time. I'm like, well, it looks like we don't have any rights anymore. And then, <laughs> and then, she, so then she's like, starts crying. You pull so. out a gun and just start <laughs> shooting everybody one by one. Like it's over. Yeah. Jesus. So that got, that, that was definitely a very lively debate. Yeah. But I like that exercise. Mm-hmm. That's fun. It makes you think. Yes. Cause I was, I mean, 
I was an idiot. Yeah. But I was really upset that people just like, oh, the the the, the um, I have a weird thing about the Third Amendment, mm-hmm. but there would be like, oh, what you know the 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 you know the the right that you can't you don't have the government can't force you to quarter soldiers yes even during wartime yeah um they're like oh well you know that doesn't apply and i was like we're being occupied yeah currently under this scenario uh-huh. why would we like why would we just it may not be priority mm-hmm. but let's let's at least discuss this let's just not even just dis- <laughs> like throw it away right like i was like i i just if i were to change it i would try to get it to where people actually legitimately had to have a discussion about every single um right every single right okay yeah anyway um do you think i'm just thinking about this now but uh is it because maybe you had known these people and like it's your senior year junior year junior year um, that you were comfortable enough because i i would have died to see that energy in any college course that we had (laughs) together (laughs) well because you never said a damn word ever. <laughs> I think Unless it, you were I think forced it, to in like fishbowl well, discussions. Well, I think because part of me realized how dumb I sounded when I was really vocal back okay. back in high school. Jake, so you have a podcast right now where people. But there's no. But there's no. But there's no. But there's no audience. There's like live no like audience. live audience. Okay. There's no live audience. Yeah. Um. You don't feel the repercussions till later. Sure, but hardly anybody lets me know. You're the like literally like you're you sending me like uh, paraphrases yeah, yeah. of your conversations with different people that yeah. get back to you. Mm-hmm. I don't hear feedback from anybody <laughs> because Matt Reeves stopped listening to the show. So, um, but anyway, the passion in the college. The passion, yes. So in history 480, me, Derek, Kiker, and um, in uh, Connor mm-hmm. uh, Lane, we she had us develop like a, a lesson plan and it was like supposed to be like ours was like the interact um oh right like right. forks it wasn't four corners one of those like mm. interactive ones yeah and so we did that we we chose to do that and have the glasses our guinea pigs yeah and we split the class into two groups and then they those two groups had to um unanimously come to a decision and then of those two those two we, we modified it a little bit to fit dr hobbs's parameters okay but Kyle Thomas was in that class, Ooh. and Kyle Thomas was was the modern day version of me. Like, oh. was not going to let the Second Amendment go. Was um, that the issue? Yeah, he wouldn't let it go. Oh. And he was like making the exact same arguments that I was <laughs> in high school, which is like, we need to, we need to, like, you know, get the resistance going, and yes. like, I'm not going to. He would not relent on the Second Amendment. And I just, I was just imagining you sitting there looking at him like. Holy shit! And then, like a ghost of you, (laughs) (laughs) your like junior yourself is standing right next to you, just shaking his head at like at you, just Mm -hmm. like see Jake, see. This is what happens when you become a liberal snowflake. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so good. Yeah, I love that. Anyways, so that all stemmed from this giant spiel was from that. Oh God, I'm sorry. No, no, no. But that guy saying like he wants to take his kids out of these schools. Oh yes. Um. And it was just like my my whole point was just this like generalizing and just a sweeping idea of like this is what kids are being brainwashed mm-hmm. to think. Yeah, like not everybody is. And and one thing you know I've been thinking you know kind of challenging myself or look, look, looking introspectively at like why I think certain things like you look at his argument 
is that, you know, <sighs> that these institutions or these schools are generally liberal, fairly yeah. liberal. Yeah. Why? If 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 having these liberal ideas about like history or or different subjects, if that's the majority, how is that wrong? Say that again. <laughs> it's a it's a difficult question. So if if this is the if this is the majority mindset of uh-huh. uh, of of education, and when you're teaching these ideas about social issues or sure. I'm thinking primarily social courses. Okay. But if these social courses are mostly taught with liberal agendas or ideas, I'm not saying that conservative ideas aren't taught because mm-hmm. they are taught in those courses. But if that's kind of the, the overarching attitude, then how is that wrong? Like why, what I, I as, as someone who identifies as fairly liberal, mm-hmm. I'm when I hear that, that, that that's an argument made and you look at like, I mean, everyone says that colleges are liberal institutions and everyone everyone has like this. Is that people just acting within this social construct of like you need to be liberal or have liberal ideas if you're going to be here? Or is it that those liberal ideas are right? That's very much something um, that book that Megan wanted wanted us to read. Okay. The Coddling of the American Mind. Yeah. Touches on. Oh, that okay. I was going to read it. I just haven't yet. It's good. Yeah. I'm only through the first section. I picked up another book I'm reading right now. Okay. Um, anyway, back on topic. Yeah. The the authors, because I think we probably want, if we, you and I both end up reading it. We will. Yeah. And we can, we're going to, we're going to have a dedicated podcast of talking sure. about this. But one of the points that he brings up in the first section mm-hmm. is that call out culture on yeah. college campuses force, um, certain people to mm. sh- like shut up so it appears to be the dominant gotcha. uh, ideology even though it's really not right because people are afraid to like say well you know maybe I'm, I'm not okay with you know his or maybe they're like you know just whatever topic it is right, right whatever right, topic yes, yeah. but they're they're afraid if they say their opinion on it yeah that they're going to get called out on the carpet. They're going to get right. yelled at, screamed at, like belittled, called a racist, called a yeah, whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. a bigot <clears throat> for their opinion instead mm-hmm. of allowing for like an open discussion and market price of ideas. And um, yeah, and and that's where that that's where I think I my, that. that work can come yeah. from. Is that is that touching on what no, you're? No, that totally okay. is. But I'm thinking about like more specifically like. I I'm, I have a kind of an anecdote anecdotal idea of of you and I in um, European pop culture. Sure. And there was one specific individual who had very conservative ideals, if you will. Oh yeah. And um, anytime she talked, you and I were like, oh, like cringing, like. If that's how you identify, and those are your ideas and your ideals and the and the things that you're arguing for, I don't know. We didn't agree. We're just like, oh, that's that's. But we didn't agree because yes, we had. Tell me, we had. Oh, okay, I <laughs> no, don't. No, no, tell me. I'm I, telling you. Tell me okay. because I'm 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 I know that I'm thinking about this wrong, and I know that you're. You're just go. 
No, I don't. Okay, well, I don't want to speak for you. Just say okay, it. <laughs> I feel like you and I yeah. both disagreed with her. Yes. On the basis of we had textual researched evidence uh-huh. that counter that contradicted what she was saying. And I feel like that right there is what is constantly right. So you and I could get into a discussion with other conservative friends that I've been telling you mm-hmm. about this week. And if we bring contextual hard evidence we are just liberal snowflakes who are using the fake news to back up our argument. Mm-hmm. But we're not wrong. No. It's it <laughs> I, ju- I I it's a very hard question and it's 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 weird for me to it's hard for me to even process and think about it, but like it's like these 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 conservatives that I get in discussions with, they they come at me with their evidence and it's like no. Yeah. It's liberal indoctrination if you don't agree with them. That's right. how that's that's yes. their definition of indoctrination. Right. They don't pay attention or care about any of the process that it comes to. Take immigration for okay. for just the blanket discussion on mm-hmm. Im- on illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. I can say I impose to the wall. Yes. Because X Y Z. Right. And I arrived to that conclusion mm-hmm. based on reading research yes from multiple sources right coming to a, an informed opinion yes does that make but you're not opposed to or but you are opposed to illegal immigration Am right I opposed to illegal immigration are you opposed to illegal immigration you don't have to say <laughs> well, i don't mind saying i don't have an un- really informed opinion it doesn't bother me. Right. But see, the, the, the basis of the wall, and we're getting back to this fucking wall again, <laughs> but the basis of that it's is, topical. It, it, yeah, is, is to be against illegal immigration. They all want, or so they say, everybody, as you've seen, and I've mm-hmm. been lurking on your comments, them to all stand in line. And they all want them to go through the legal process. Yeah. So... Because they're not going to, we're going to build a barrier to prevent them from coming over illegally. Mm -hmm. So at its base, at its foundation, the issue is illegal immigration. Yeah. Um, Which, say say you're a liberal and you say that I am against illegal immigration. I could see that being flipped and turned into being targeted by other liberals or extreme leftists saying that that's xenophobic or racist mm-hmm. or you know what i'm saying yeah. i don't know i'm I just tr- i'm just trying to think about this this not that any side is right or wrong but it's a very like especially in today's culture like i don't want to be tiptoeing or feel like i need to tiptoe like i can say what i feel and say what i mean um and if i'm wrong then try to be you know educate myself on that sure um but I, it just feels like, and maybe it's because I've always identified as like this liberal, but my ability, maybe now my new ability to to do research and to become informed about a topic, maybe I'm associating that with my liberalism. So it's like, oh, that's right, because I'm a liberal and I've done my research properly. And you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not lining up, <laughs> but I'm just, I don't know, I'm just trying to think this out and talk this out about 
you every every conservative that I've really gotten into a discussion with their their inability or unwillingness to do research to like thorough hard research to support their ideas or their truths is just not there doesn't seem to be I mean for me every experience I have I don't know you and I talked about one specifically and well they'll they'll use they'll use anecdotal it's not it's not devoid of evidence yeah but it's very anecdotal and general and generalized yeah I, I you brought this up last week but I saw somebody I think it was somebody I knew they're in a I just stayed out of the conversation but it was like I know I know somebody who's experiencing this so I know more about it than you mm-hmm and it's I'm like, oh my god! Like, no, this is exactly what we were talking about last week. Like, it is. I, I don't. I get that you, your experiences kind of shape your truths. I get that, but it doesn't make it the truth. No, no, and it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, there's obviously there's exceptions to every rule. There's mm-hmm. no. There's nothing that's one hundred percent right. In any, when you're talking about human beings, yeah, right, and especially human beings in a society of 300 million people, yeah, there's just yes, is there, um, does, does immigration, does immigration generally lead to lower wages for native workers and increased crime domestically? Mm-hmm. Over the ex, over, you we so somebody who does the research, you right. and I would look. We would go to different studies mm-hmm. and different journal articles have posted all sorts of findings looking at different case studies from, from different countries all over the world right. at different points in different points in time. Mm-hmm. And it says generally it you know, it does not. It does not increase mm-hmm. uh, criminality and does not lower native wages. Wait, you know, native work you know, native workers' wages. Yeah. That's not to say that it never has. Right. Or there hasn't ever been an illegal immigrant that has gone and killed somebody in the United States. I think it's it's just it's a framing of the argument. We're looking at a more macro we're looking at a more macro level. So when we're engaging into a debate with somebody who is like, I am staunch for the I'm you know, I am I am going to die on the hill of mm-hmm. building this wall because right. I view illegal immigration. They're looking at things anecdotally, right? They they look at one case, one case study of somebody, you know, of that immigrant who killed that girl in Iowa, mm-hmm. or an immigrant, you know, uh, somebody who had been deported three times and kept coming back across the border and shot a police officer. Those are tragic stories, but it doesn't. It's those are exceptions to the to the rule, mm. and but they want to build a whole generalization off of that. So it's not like it's, dev- I don't find it to be completely devoid of, of factual of facts, Yeah. but they're not looking at the, they're not looking at the bigger, the bigger picture. Whereas I think what second, what post-secondary education does is allows you to look at a more broad scope. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You're a fucking genius, dude. That is the answer I was looking for. I could I'm not. I could, help. I could not have put that better. <laughs> I think that you're you're right in saying that we're we're asking a different question. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a significant point to what I'm thinking. Yeah. But then yes, looking at the scale, the macro versus the micro, mm-hmm. or anecdotal. Yeah. And that's why we have this show. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> Well, that's all I have for my freaking nonsense. What well, do was, you got? That wasn't nonsense. That was good. <laughs> well. 
I mean, we can g- get into something. <laughs> all Give right, me something. all right. Let's get into it. So, um, this is gonna get this. This is <laughs> at surface. It. This is. <laughs> Kylie often says that my um, my papers when I would write papers because she would often proofread uh-huh, my papers uh-huh. would be. Um, she was like, I don't. She's like, I don't know how you do this. You have so your papers go so many different ways, mm-hmm. and she's like, there's no possible way you can find that this is all going to come together and make sense. And then I get to the end, and she's like, oh my god, all that came together and made sense. That's exactly what just happened for the last hour, <laughs> Jake. <laughs> that that's yeah. welcome to the to the mind of Jake Joko. Right? Yeah. So I'm I'm so this there's going to be three mm-hmm. seemingly unrelated things we're going to be kind of discussing but it's in in a linear fashion that i think come together to get at something i think that's that's fundamental Mm -hmm. about humanity okay okay Um, i just want to address one thing that we haven't addressed yet what's that um that image that i created and posted on our instagram and facebook oh jake is just (laughs) as dramatic as i needed to be did we talk about that no i don't think we did you want to talk about that real quick (laughs) just real quick i think you should explain why um why I made it and just why. Okay. So if you're, if you haven't seen it, go to our Instagram. Um, I think it was plugging, uh, an episode last week's episode. It was, it was, it was plugging last week's episode. I don't even think so. I think I just posted it randomly. Okay. Yeah. It's not even on our feed. Okay. Yeah. I just posted it randomly. It's in our Instagram. It's on our Instagram. It's on our Instagram. (laughs) Um, and it is a tombstone that says, you know, here lies Jake Jokum. Mm-hmm. Just as I was just as quotes, I was just as dramatic as I needed to be. Yeah. And Kylie has often said this about me where um I'll <laughs> she's like, You're being over dramatic. And one time I said to her, I'm just as dramatic as I needed to be. <laughs> so that has always been her every time I'm That's I'm like so every time good. I'm like freaking out about something or I'm like I'm saying something about yes. like animated because right. you know I'll, I'll get like you know i get like that mm-hmm. is i call it passion she'll just she'll just be like <laughs> just as dramatic as i needed to be right and that's just her her kind of check on on me um like her letting me know jake you're being a bit irrational right and i appreciate that because it definitely keeps me grounded <laughs> and we brought that up the conversation because we were talking about just how worked up we had been getting mm-hmm. in recent episodes yep. and <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm constantly just in the last two, just getting worked up and being just as dramatic yeah. as I need to be. So she, anyway, the, this <laughs> how this how the story ends is that she she says that's going to be on your tombstone. Right. She's like, I'm going to put that on your tombstone. Is here lies Jake Jokum. I was just as dramatic as I needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. So yeah, I had to make that image. I was just thinking about it and how we never really explained it. So yeah, there's the explanation. That's, that's that. All right. So what are your what are what do you got? Okay. So. Have you noticed um, how much media attention Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez gets? Yes. A lot. Yes. It reminds me a lot of how much coverage Trump got. Okay. And there are people, there are writers from the Washington Post and New York Times, as well as others, Atlantic. Um, Those are usually like the three that I read the most, Um, other than foreign policy. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> the um the uh and there are there are writers who in the Washington Post has called out the left mm-hmm. 
left po- left leaning politicians when they like with Pinocchio's when they make false or misleading statements right. and they explain why they're giving it three or four or whatever Pinocchio's. Mm-hmm. Um, just Pinocchio's like they, is the rating system. Yes, okay. of how false a claim was. Okay. Um, they've hit. I mean, they do this with Trump on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. It's um, and they rightfully do it when okay. other politicians have done it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, and they've done it a few times with a co- some of uh, Congresswoman Ocasio Cortez's statements. Okay. Since that one, since the Congresswoman said impeach that motherfucker, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of talk about the words being used by these freshman congresswomen. Right. And um, in hammering on them wrongfully about the wording that they're using, they're focused on the words Mm -hmm. that they're using, which I find to be frustrating. Yeah. Because it's the same way of getting, we talked about this last week, getting too caught up in the words that Trump's using Mm -hmm. versus the implications of what his words, of what his, he's actually saying. Yes. And it's the same thing with, these freshman congresswomen think right. about the implications of these words. Right. And I find it frustrating. I read an article from the Washington Post recently, and they were defending Ocasio Cortez, his misleading statements about the uh, the budget, uh, the uh, the budgetary, um, the accounting. If you read anything about the accounting of the Defense Department, apparently there was a, something like a trillion dollars that was unaccounted for. No, I didn't. Okay. Um, anyway, she made, she made, she made it seem like Mm -hmm. there is a trillion dollars just basically stolen by the department of defense and which is not true. She completely, there was a, um, she quoted a, um, I believe it was from like the Minneapolis star star review. And she, she was, she was citing that article but she misrepresented the what the article was saying, and that article wasn't even well researched. So it's like, oh. so she was misrep- misrepresenting Jeez. a unresearched claim, okay, to make it sound really bad. And mm-hmm. a lot of that money isn't like it was lost. Right, that could have been plus or negative. Mm-hmm. It was just a trillion dollars of total accounting errors. Okay. Anyway, we don't have to get into the specifics of that, right. on that. But she knowingly made a a uh, misleading statement okay. and then doubled down on it when she was called on the carpet about it. Okay. <clears throat> Very Trumpian. Sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> so uh, she, so Congresswoman Cortez said, um, is now being defended by some of these writers. Mm-hmm. Because of the attacks on the right's use of her words, saying it's sex, that the only criticisms towards her is sexist. And I would say, yes, that's true in the yeah. ones that are focusing just on her use of words because it's hypocritical if you're not also, like, the conservative yes. media is not calling Trump on the carpet for using bombastic and crass language. Plus, the, I think you have to acknowledge the, the history of them, like, just obsessing over the way she's dressing or the, her choice in clothes. And, like, I don't think that that is done. I know that that is not done with congressmen. No, it's not. So I think that that is also kind of facilitating that idea sure yes it is but that doesn't leave her immune to criticism no god no and and that's kind of what these articles are getting at is that anytime now you want to 
anytime now that you want to criticize yes. Congresswoman or Cortez based on the implication of her words, mm-hmm. not the words themselves, you're a sexist. Okay. Parallel to that, I would say, plain devil's advocate, that I would imagine that there are conservatives, and I'm sure you know this, um, you lived through this era, so you can tell me, but criticisms of Barack Obama were called out as being racist. Yes, very much so. Yeah. It's not, it's the same game. It's nothing new. Well, it's the same side here. Yeah. Conservatives are yes. being, like, people who are a opposed to Acosta Cortez, which could also be moderate Democrats. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are being called, you know, are being insinuated that there's, is, it's being insinuated that gotcha. if you try to criticize, it's basically what they're trying to, what I fear is happening mm-hmm. is that they're trying to build a, this is a little bit off, this is completely off topic, but That's I think okay. they're trying to insulate Ocasio-Cortez because they like her message, they mm-hmm. like what she symbolizes, right. but they're trying to insulate her as a person mm-hmm. instead of opening her up to criticism, mm-hmm. which opens it up for debate and discussion, Right. which hopefully would maybe make her you know tone down some of her populist rhetoric become yeah. more of a be more of just a symbol to a niche group of mm-hmm. democratic voters and more of a unifying person i think that's what a lot of people who chose to vote for trump in 2016 mm-hmm. were hoping that he was going to do unfortunately i just it's not in him right. it's not in his makeup yeah and I don't know if it is or isn't with Democratic with mm-hmm. with Congress with uh, Democratic Congresswoman uh, Cortez. Mm-hmm. I don't. We don't know enough. She's newly elected, right? So I don't want to make any like assumptions about her character. Mm-hmm. But there's not a there doesn't seem to be a very good history has not shown yeah. that people who run on populist platforms and are elected on such platforms mm-hmm. then pivot towards the center. Oh God, no. Like Trump pivoting towards the center? <laughs> no way. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, that was that was kind of my... Um, I don't like that they're trying to insulate her mm-hmm. through the use of labeling people sexist if you disagree. Okay, so I'm wondering... I, I know there's a... There's a comparison here. I just don't know where, mm-hmm. but I'm 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 thinking about a comparison where on the on the other side they're doing whatever they can to ensure that their guy in 2016 gets through the Republican primaries and becomes the candidate mm-hmm. and does whatever they can to protect Trump in the same manner. It's yeah. Uh, um, I don't know about Democrats, but I can guarantee I can tell you this: if you criticized Trump as a Republican, uh-huh. you were a rhino. You were a Republican in go. name only. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. I know. I knew there was a comparison there. I'm no, sure there, there, there is definitely is. For this a is Democratic this argument. This is in no way. I, if I'm insinuating, if I if it's coming across that I'm saying no, that this is no, only no. a Democratic Party problem, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is not. No, this no, is no. obviously this is across the right. United States. Political I'm, I'm trying to draw a parallel for any maybe. Democrat who's listening who thinks that like we're attacking the Democrats so that they can also realize oh maybe I did in the same manner attack Trump on these ideas mm-hmm. sure just listen to last week's episode if you want to see where we are where we're at on President Trump um, <laughs> the uh, I don't think anybody who's can listens to this podcast consistently yeah would think that we're in any way like only attacking Democrats right right <laughs> um Anyway, so that's my kind of point on that. Okay. 
I watched yesterday the movie On the Basis of Sex. Yes. With um, Ruth Bader. It's about, it's about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, starring Felicity Jones, Tom Watterson, um, Kathy Bates was in the movie. Okay. So some good actors and right. actresses. Um, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't like... They definitely used some cliche. They definitely used some like cliche, a lot of cliches. Okay, and there was a lot of token alpha slash patriarchal men that they just would like put in a classroom. It was supposed to be like uh, when she was a professor at Rutgers, mm-hmm. and she was she was uh, teaching a class called sexual harassment in the Constitution or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and she and they they had like this guy that's just sitting in there and all these these girls are calling all these men they're looking at a, this case study and they're like using the word asshole to describe like the man in the case mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and whatever and it gets to the guy mm-hmm. right and they're all they're making these educated arguments but they're using but they're using kind of crass language mm-hmm. whatever um but it gets to this guy and this guy's like well how are women how is a woman supposed to you know feed the kids if she's working two jobs like and he's saying it seriously but it's kind of like they just put that care they put that guy uh-huh. there as a as a as a tool right as a, it, it was a literary yeah. device yeah. and i'm like that's just that's so on the nose mm-hmm. treat your audiences better than that uh <laughs> You should have just seen my face. <laughs> um, when the audience is you and I, like we see what you guys are doing. All right, we get it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe people, men with the, that attitude, need that blatant character or self self image to to be shown. Like, oh. Okay, I could see where maybe that isn't the best way to behave. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I was thinking about that during that Gillette commercial. The one part that bothered me, I think, was like they're like no more making jokes about it. And you can see it almost looks like it's an, an image from like a sitcom, a mm-hmm. fake sitcom. And I think that I think that you know how psychotic I am about comedy and, and the First Amendment. And I think that if you if you if you don't protect satire and comedy, I think that using that as a tool is so important to kind of put the mirror to people's faces to get them to look at themselves. Sure. And I'm not saying that this particular yeah. case is satirical, but I'm saying it's the same tool as like as over the top and kind of annoying as it might be for some mm-hmm. it might be a direct reflection of who somebody is and make them for one second question their behavior or thoughts okay all right just an idea i see what you're saying yeah i see what you're saying and i agree mm-hmm. i i just at the time i was sitting right. there and i'm like that's just so on the nose I, i'd like to see that scene I'll, I'll have i'll watch that movie when it comes out yeah um but let it, me know what you think yeah. i think it's a good movie yeah it's really well acted um really does a good job of framing you know like this is this is my favorite part of the movie because okay. it really made it 
to someone who's not just watching it on the surface level and yes. actually paying attention to the constitutional yes. debates that are like really brought up and it does a great job of framing those debates about precedent oh, yes. and things and I know you're like you love like yeah. you're all, all about the yes. judiciary you're yeah. like talking about the judiciary right now and constant you know the and I've watched that RBG documentary right in the mm-hmm. midst of like me being hyped on the judiciary sure. so now that you're talking about this mm-hmm. I'm like I know about her her past and yeah I want to see the movie, and so I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, don't, like, it's awesome. don't waste your money on a ticket. I'm not going to. I got a but, lot of other things but, I want to see. But just uh, <laughs> when it comes out, watch it. Yeah, it's good. I will. Red box. Um, anyway, so what it what it gets the like the key like fundamental argument that I think that it frames really really well. Yeah. Is that at what like. And it, I think it's very relevant today because it's it's definitely a um, something that I think because right now the Supreme Court is such a hot topic, yeah. right? We're begging Ruth Bader Ginsburg to not die. Yes, <laughs> please just. But live. what? But what does that say about our like? Just like what does that say about our political culture? Yeah. where we're at right now, that okay, like we care, like we're we're more concerned about the political ramifications of a of one of nine Supreme Court yeah. justices dying yeah. rather than worrying about her as a person. Yeah. It's like more people are like, oh, what are the political ramifications yes. of her dying? Yeah. Not her as the person dying. Right. What does that mean for that seat? And I, I think as a person when she dies, a, it's going to be like people will... People are going to look back at her career mm-hmm. and, and, and respect and appreciate what she's done. I hope so. But yes... I, I, I mean, I know I will, yeah. but I, I do agree with what you're saying as far as like her political position. When she went to get that uh, cancer moved, removed, removed from her, you, you know, can just hear the collectively like <gasps> everyone holding their breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go, sorry. Go anyway, ahead. so <laughs> I just thought that it's that in itself is interesting. Yes. But back to my, my, my point sorry. is, uh, no, I got myself off topic, <laughs> is... Um, is when should the when should or if the court find it acceptable to set new precedent for the present time and culture so at the end so she's her landmark case like mm-hmm. her first big case that she she um uh that that she argued as a lawyer yeah was for a uh, a man who was denied caregiver yes. benefits yep. and she argued that he was being um that he was being uh, wrongfully discriminated against based on his sex. sex. Yeah. And she asks the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals mm-hmm. to, because they, they said, well, there's all of this precedent. There's 173 law, federal laws that that discriminate, that allow for the discrimination based on sex. And right. she's, she stands up there at and I don't know if she said this or not personally. I don't know, but this right. is what the movie portrays it. Yeah. She stands up there and she says to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals, the three judges that are up there, that is, it's time, the culture has already moved past yes. this. It's time to set a new precedent mm. for the, basically for what is culture today. Yeah. It's time to set a new, it's time to, that you're talking about laws that defined over 150 years of past history. Right. This is new. Mm-hmm. This is, we're talking about new times, present times, present culture. Things have changed. Things are already changed, have been changing. They're already changed. Mm-hmm. It's all of those laws are outdated. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to make a ruling that sets new precedent. Yes. Is that, would mm-hmm. you say, I mean, how, what's your thoughts on that? Is that the court's 
job to set new presidents because there is a co-equal branch in the yes. legislature that is whose job it is mm-hmm. to write laws. I think that the at the base, the fundamental base of interpreta- interpreting the Constitution, if that is the basis of legislation, mm-hmm. I think that I, I I could see what you're saying as far as like the legislative branch. Yeah, it's their responsibility as well to write the laws. Right. Yes, and if they want to change laws, it's to be done so through an act of Congress. Yes, but. And it's the judiciary's job, mm-hmm. by definition, yes. to interpret those laws. Yes. Now they found that he that he was not gu- he. They reversed the the lower court's decision, mm-hmm. the tax the tax court's decision to interpret him within the within with using um, uh, intent of the of the. They used like <laughs> they basically trying to say like get in, they tried to they used the intent or the mindset of the legis- of the of the of the legislature at the time mm-hmm. to incorporate him mm-hmm. within that law even though he wasn't explicitly stated in that law his per- unique circumstances yes. being a, uh, a man never married mm-hmm. would then be given those tax benefits yeah anyway so that seems to be a bit activist don't you think of the courts of the courts would you say that, that that's an activist court hmm. I, I i think that that it's a it's a necessary part of the courts if there is something that is i i don't know i mean you have a system in place to challenge these this precedent or laws mm-hmm. and you go through that system of courts to challenge a law or yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. I think that the system is set up there. It it didn't necessarily have to fall on the Supreme Court. It could have been on the Ninth Circuit. The change, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but because, um, because they found him not guilty, right? Then it was challenged again, and it went to it did go to the it did go end up going to the Supreme Court, right? I don't know. That's a difficult question. I think that it... it um, initially, my reaction is to say yes. I mm-hmm. think that it, it needs to be set up that way and that it's important. But And I know I have reasons why. I just don't know off the top of my head or I haven't had enough research of why it is important. On, on just a reactionary point, I'm thinking that in a sense that those that we elect are a reflection of society and the people and culture today. Mm-hmm. I think that the court also reflects those things. And I think that making those decisions, that sometimes those decisions don't go in that changing way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you could make the argument that maybe they should have done something which we've seen arguments like that being made before. But I think, I don't know. Let's look at the, let's look at the flip side of okay. the argument, right? Okay. And that is, because maybe by look, analyzing, yeah, give me the were, flip side. by analyzing yeah. the flip side, we can better inform yes. your opinion. Good call. And that is, 
slippery slope arguments. Yes. The argument used by the government in the specific case of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, mm-hmm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg case that she was trying. Yeah. Um, they were saying, well, think about the slippery slope argument. Mm-hmm. We now envelop gender as in race as being um, both being equal, you know, deserving of equal protection mm-hmm. under the law and set in of their own distinctions right that gen that that gender um that gender equality and racial equality are essentially on the you know parallel you know parallels yeah and think about the slippery slope argument of that like if you allow the definition of a of an existing law to be changed to envelop something that was not within was not predicted to be a man's role in society as a caregiver mm-hmm. what is next women serving like they would say well women serving in the military women serving as firefighters mm-hmm. that it's going to completely degrade society women are no longer going to be in the household right you see all of these like what we see is archaic yes arguments yeah. now yes like well of course we we think today in yeah. our time yes even though this was like in the 1970s yes. we think in our time well that's a dumb argument of course women can serve in uniform they right. have been for now for i don't know how many years so what what today are we looking at archaically but you see but you well i don't know i don't know but <laughs> because we're too in the weeds right now well, that's what i'm saying we're in the time we're, yeah but and I'm naturally fairly conservative, so it's going to yes. be even harder for me to yes. see stuff. Yeah. But is our slippery slope arguments mm-hmm. then nothing more than just a mechanism to curb change? Uh, I think so. Or are they are they valid? I it de- it depends, man. I think like I think on these social issues, it. I don't know. I think I think socially, I mean, for equality, it's hard to argue against equality. Mm-hmm. I think that that's my where I'm because we're using this specific case. I think when it comes to equality, it's hard to argue against it as far as changing or or because you have these laws in this case specifically that are are reinforcing inequality. Sure. And this was a challenge to that definitely i think when you're challenging for equality i don't think it's it's dangerous i i i I, there could be cases or or situations where that that's that slippery slope argument is valid i think okay i don't know of any but i think as far as in regards to equality i can't say that 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 it's a bad thing that they're they're setting the precedence Mm -hmm. and, and making the change Definitely, in sitting here in 2019, looking back in the 1970s, we can we can say, well, of course, we shouldn't separate based on gender. Right, we right. shouldn't separate based on race. Like that's just a given. Right. But now, I think if I were to try to parallel it, it would be with the LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus community. Mm-hmm. At what point do we keep separating the slippery slope argument? Then. One of the slippery slope arguments mm-hmm. then on top of everything else I listed right. was we keep separating ourselves based on subgroup identity. Mm-hmm. What does that do to the collective to the collective American identity? I, I heard. Where was I? I was talking to someone. Oh, I was talking when I was recording knuckle draggers with um, 
them. And and it's interesting. Uh, one of the guys, Andrew, brought up an interesting argument meant that like when you're a kid, um, you're you're told not to judge people by their identity or by how they look. And now we're in this culture where there is like what you're saying is each group or each person is now like, no, I'm not a part of A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. I'm a part of X, Y, Z. Do you get what I'm saying? So, like, when you're younger, when you're brought up, you're taught, mm-hmm. like, not to judge or not to or to discriminate based on, like, or, like, you know, you're, we're all we're all part of a group. We're all, okay. you know, don't, you know, don't judge mm-hmm. people for who they are. But now, almost like, no, you have to judge me or look at me or call me by this thing. Okay, I get what you're saying. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do get, I get what you're saying. So, I think... That maybe draws a comparison to what you're saying. Yeah, I think it. No, that touches on it. Yeah. 100%. Um. But I don't know. I maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying as far as separating when you're saying that they're separating sex with with race. No, I'm 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 not. I'm I'm saying that the argument by Ruth Bader Ginsburg mm-hmm. is that um, if we're not separate, if we're not se- if we're not separating based on race, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be separating based on gender. Okay. That's what I was saying. Okay. Is that there shouldn't be separations based on gender, just like there shouldn't be separations based on race. What should there be separations based on? I, well, I don't know. But I'm saying that there yeah. is there is slippery there is like a slippery slope argument mm-hmm. that you're you're talking about well, well the courts you're you're you were saying that you think the the courts are okay to maybe act out act outside of their parameters. Mm-hmm. When it involves a case about equality. Yes. Okay. Well, now we see, of course, gender equality is institutionalized for the most part. There's obviously examples of it not being, but it's much better than it was in the 1970s and prior to that. Gender and racial equality is obviously a lot better than Mm -hmm. it was now. And I would say majority of Americans would at least, even if they don't believe it, there's social pressure enough for them to say that se- yes. separating based on race, they wouldn't publicly say that right. that separating based on race is, is okay. Yeah. Whereas back in the seventies, <laughs> that was the more dominant right. theory. Right. But so the slippery, but the slippery silk ar- arguments was, was back then is the same as it is now is the more you start to allow for more and more identities to, more and more identities, you start to actually break down the collective identity. Okay, okay. Instead of being a, instead of being like an American, yeah. Now you have all, or instead of just being whatever you're, you know, you're pansexual. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not making a normative argument about any of this. I'm just saying that, that that's what this, that's not. what this, yes. slip, that's what the slippery slope argument would would say. Yes. Is as we start allowing for quote unquote more equal, we start changing laws to include more and more of these identities. And yeah. at the time we're seeing like, well, with like maybe five people who are pansexual or whatever. I don't know. But we're saying, we're saying that that is actually breaking. That's breaking down the collective American identity. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I think when it comes to like, as far as like equality, Mm -hmm. like I was saying, like if I think equality is encompassing of that Americanism, that collective group of Americans. Okay. So if you identify as a water bottle and you're looking for rights, 
the Constitution and the laws should protect you and include you as identifying as a water bottle because you're still an American water bottle. <laughs> okay, that's a fun. <laughs> that's a that's a funny uh, example. But you get what I'm saying. Regardless of the the subcultures or subgroups or sub identities, the overarching identity is an American, and as an American, your equality and rights should be protected under the law as an American. Sure. Okay. Fair that's, enough. That's my thought. Okay. It's a good argument. Okay. I like it. <laughs> but okay, using the courts yes. to institute that change. Jake, I don't know. <laughs> what? Okay, so what implications yeah. could that have for the court going forward? Regardless of whether it's okay, it's yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, been yeah. happening. I think what I think is, you know, an interesting thing to think about is like when a court doesn't uphold maybe something that would be you know, you're looking at society today as, as, as like these, I mean, just thinking about a progressive issue. If there's a progressive issue that society recognizes that needs to change mm-hmm. and a court doesn't make that change and they uphold the, the current legislation or, or law or, 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 or interpretation of a law or whatever mm-hmm. it yeah. is, that could be controversial by not making the change. So that would be interesting. Like say, say there is a law that discriminates water bottle Americans and they go through the court system to try to get equality for water bottle Americans and they're denied because of the interpretation of the law. Well, I think that that would be an interesting kind of case today to look at the courts not making a change to protect based on equality. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Kind of. Jake, I think so. Just listen to my words. I am I am listening. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying so say that you run into a situation where you're being um not treated equally. Okay. And you're going through the court system and everybody's like, "Yeah, Jake should have these rights because he's an American. Who cares if he used to be <laughs> if he used to wear what was that Obama shirt he used to wear? <laughs> that was anti Obama before it was cool. Yeah. Who cares if he's some more that he's different now, but based on because you used to wear that shirt. Now you can't um, uh, play football anymore. Okay. <laughs> whatever the, sure. the, whatever the circumstance may okay, be, whatever you get to the high courts and they say, no, the law says, sorry, Jake used to hate Obama. So he can't play football anymore. Okay. I, I, I'd be interested to see, obviously if something is going that high in the courts, it's going to be way more complex than that. Yeah. More it. complex and serious than that. But it would be interesting to see, I don't want it. I don't want to see a, a a case of equality go to the courts and not grant somebody equality because I think Americans deserve that. But I think that that's a case where it'd be interesting to see the courts say we're not going to change it. Okay, and that I think would be controversial. But I do agree that yeah, there is. Where is that line where they 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 they're constantly making changes? But I think that's the point of having you know. One, nine justices, like mm-hmm. we talked about on To the Republic, having that odd number to 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 create a decision. Yeah. But also, I mean, we've seen kind of this they talk about um RBG in the in the documentary I watched of her, how she because of the personnel and the new electors or electors, that was that what you call them? 
justices elected justices, to the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As they as there's there's a period when she was on there where they were the majority was pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. So she they even talk about her shifting farther left to counterbalance that conservatism. And I think that you do have justices that identify as maybe more centrist or moderate and then more left and more right. And I think depending on either the the time or the people or maybe the administration, I don't know. I know this stuff isn't supposed to influence them. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be based on the Constitution. But you're going to have more conservative people or different ways of analyzing that okay. document. That's going to shape the way that they do that. Yeah. No, I, okay. I 100% agree with what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> My personal, and, 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 that, and that's a valid opinion. Okay. I'm not saying you're, I, I'm just going to, I just, Let's I, I, I it, have Jay. a fundamental, Let's I have a little it. bit of a fundamental disagreement. Okay. That's fine. But, you're allowed to. But, <laughs> I am going to then argue against my belief. Okay. Because, like you were having a hard time, mm-hmm. you're kind of having like an existential yes. crisis a little bit with, yeah. okay, well, with the whole like liberal and yes. school thing. I'm having this with my opinion on courts. Okay. And so I'm using this <laughs> as a way to have a discussion, yeah. frame a discussion, the and point. then figure out what I'm talking, <laughs> like what I what I believe. And yeah. that is, I think that the courts should look at precedent of past laws when mm-hmm. looking at the looking at the current context of a law and a challenge in the in the case and then rule based on that precedent it is up to the legislature latest legislative branch to then pass a new law mm-hmm. to, to change that to change that precedent essentially okay. because that would force the courts then they didn't have to look at a new at a new law mm-hmm. if they if you want to if you want to get equality through that right that's just how i see the american system as being set up right because democracy is messy it it's slow it's plotting yeah and but it's better than the alternative as of an authoritative state yeah. where yes an, a monarchy or an autocrat can quickly change laws and in, in a benevolent one would do you know there's been histories littered with benevolent monarchs who have for the most part have not i shouldn't say littered but there are examples of of benevolent monarchs who have looked out for the betterment of their people and wanted to do the best for their you know for their subjects yeah for their citizenry <clears throat> but the problem is is that they die okay so democracy builds that stable slow march of progress based on culture and values and norms of the people in which that are that are in that society mm-hmm. now, over time democracy has built a very stable march of slow progress my concern is that with the politicization of the courts is that you have um, is what what that does. Let me go back to a page here in my notes is that when you're using the 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 courts to then reinterpret laws outside of their original past meaning is that creates the politicization of the courts. And then people are using the courts to then in, in using the courts to now enact social change versus using I'm all for equality, but yes. I want to I want to see it done in a stable way. Okay. But I'm going to argue against myself here okay. in just a second, and in that is done through the legislature and the passing of laws because okay. this the because the the House of representatives and the Senate are 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 direct reflections of the citizenry. They're elected right. by the populace. Mm-hmm. Judiciary is not. Yes. 
they're supposed to be impartial. They're supposed to right. look at it based on the, the interpretation of the Constitution. Yes. So I think that when you have laws passed by the judiciary, by the legislature, mm-hmm. it's a it's a more of a direct reflection of the people at that time because okay. those are the representatives of the people. Right. That's where the laws come from. Yeah. That's where it is intended to come from. Yeah. Having a having a politicized judiciary, I think what that does in the long run is that. <clears throat> let me get to. Um, the birds and the bees of legislation. <laughs> I think. I think is that the problem with that is that you start to develop some of this, um, some of this way of thinking is that there's a right and wrong way of history. That there's a right and wrong side of history. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that and that's very much based on the subject on subjective morality because morality is defined by culture. Right. And and um, so I, I would say that. What did you just say? Morality is is subjected to culture. Subjected to culture. Okay, I thought you said defined. Well, it's defined by culture. It is defined by culture. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, continue. Yeah, so morality is defined by culture, and therefore, like when you start to talk about, I think when you have the politicization of the courts, and you start Mm -hmm. talking about the, um, I got off. I got off topic. (laughs) I got off my train of thought. Sorry. So you have. Courts becoming politicized. You're going to make the counter argument to your point. In that, and then going outside. Oh, I'm going to get to my counterpoint. Okay, is that when you get to when you get to it, you have a courts that are acting outside and reinterpreting laws yes. for equality, you know, yes. for the purpose of equality or right. whatever it's whatever for. They're it reinterpreting. Is, yeah. They're reinterpreting laws to set new precedent. Yes, I think that that causes people to then look to the courts rather than to the legislature mm. to then to enact quick social change. Right. That's not, I don't believe that is a stable way of enacting that kind of change because I think it, what it does is it politicizes the courts and it creates a right and wrong side way to view mm-hmm. history or the trajectory of the United States. Okay. And what that does when you have right and wrong side of history, humans have an, an innate, like an ingrained... Um, psychological mechanism to categorize people as in groups and out groups. Okay. And right and wrong side of history leads to good versus evil arguments. Mm-hmm. You're on the wrong side of history. You're evil. You're right. I'm on the right side of history. Therefore, I'm good. Right. And I think that that is the slippery slope argument to the mm-hmm. politicization of courts. Okay. Versus. Okay. So so that is my argument of. That's the implication okay. of, of using courts to <laughs> enact social change okay. on a quick basis. Right. Now, to contradict what I was saying <laughs> yeah. is I want to use a little bit of economics okay. to undercut what I would, what mm-hmm. I just said. Yeah. And that is I want to parallel court precedent mm-hmm. argument with Keynesian economics versus long-run economic oh, theory. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we can wait for culture to change mm-hmm. and then have that enacted through the legislature and then the courts then yeah. uphold that as law. Right. That's a very slow process. Okay. Like long-run economic theory, that all, yes, all of that volatility, up all those high ups and downs, everything does even out mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. And in but in the long run, we're all dead. Okay. Right? By yeah. the time... You, so you could see... You could be living in a period of... of uh, You could be living in a trough of economic... Sta- you, know, insta- you could be in economic instability in the bottom of a trough. And people right. say, well, we don't need the government to step in and 
do anything because eventually all you're going to do is you know, you could possibly hurt the recovery mm-hmm. by having government step in. Right. Let the markets be the markets. The markets will self-correct over time. Okay. It will get better eventually. That's just how markets work. Right. But the problem is, is that you're talking about people suffering in the short run. Right. Or possibly, you know, people dying, suffering. Okay. And does the government have a role to then come in and I enact enact certain mechanisms, certain levers that they can pull in times of crises to limit that suffering? Right. It's the same. It's a basic argument of Keynesian economics. Okay. And that... There should be some government controls on the market mm-hmm. through, um, like social welfare programs, the Fed, which can control um, control monetary policy, and what they can do is it limits the troughs. For it slows down the process. It does slow down growth. Okay. You're not talking about high peaks of six percent growth, but you're also not talking about six seven percent lows right. either. You're creating a very stable system. Now. You could say you you could make that parallel with I think you can make that parallel with trying to find that equal like trying to find the equilibrium is that with supply and demand on that met on that matrix mm-hmm. that supply and demand are an inverse relationship and then constantly economists are trying to find the equilibrium between supply and demand but it's impossible to find because demand and preferences culture everything is changing, changing so fast right, that supply right. can never actually find the perfect demand how much supply to meet the exact demand because demand is constantly changing based on preferences right it's the same thing you could make the same argument with uh, with the courts is that the courts are a mechanism to you're talking about people suffering you're talking about people being marginalized within their own society not being given those same constitutional promises mm-hmm. yes it might it, you can maybe talk about stability or instability or whatever, but you're talking about people suffering and dying in the short run because of their rights not being upheld. Okay. Where you have we with a little bit of government intervention, maybe stepping outside of its bounds, is that you can create a much better society. Yes. With with maybe breaking the rules, intended rules a little bit. Right. Or changing yeah, the, yeah. changing the system a little bit to allow for more activist courts. Yeah. Does that make sense what I was yes, saying? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Great parallel. Great comparison. The one thing I was thinking about when you were talking that whole time is the argument that you made on um, To the Republic mm-hmm. about um, when it gets to that Supreme Court, they have a much more thought out and directed arguments that they're now being presented with. Mm -hmm. These arguments have been made throughout this series of courts and decisions have been made by these courts and, you know, rulings have come from these courts. Mm -hmm. So now when it gets to the Supreme Court, they have those rulings and they have those arguments and the arguments may have evolved and have maybe you know you make different arguments in those earlier courts about why it's not 100% based on the constitution when they're appealing to those lower courts when they get to the supreme court they have to appeal to the constitution when they're when they're asking for or presenting a case that is un they have to approach it as being unconstitutional when they get to the Supreme Court. Don't they have to in the district courts? In the not in the lower courts I don't think they have to, but I think when they get what's the court right below? Well, it's Supreme. It's the circuit court. Circuit court. I think right there they have to. 
from there up. So the last two, I think. But the other courts in the process, they don't have to. They're making their appeals of like, I'm not sure. I'm thinking about making a murderer. Okay, (laughs) precedent of of other yes of other laws yes okay so i'm just thinking about the argument that you made that now by the time it gets to these higher courts they've already seen different rulings and who knows how much time has passed between you know these first mm-hmm. rulings into when they get to these higher courts and maybe now there's new evidence and maybe now there's new arguments or maybe there is new legislation that supports that stuff okay um that's my only thought. It's just kind of thinking about. I think that you had a great point onto the Republic when you said, by the time it gets to those those higher courts, um, there is a whole history to that argument mm-hmm. and to that, on both sides, yeah. why it doesn't need to change and why it does need to change. Sure. And I think that the role is to interpret it, but also if you're arguing that it's unconstitutional, I think that these lawyers and these and these and whoever these groups are have a right to argue that something is unconstitutional to the courts. Mm-hmm. That's just my thought. Okay. What I'm thinking right then. <laughs> okay. No, I, I'm just t- trying to take all of it in. Yeah, dude, this is heavy episode. <laughs> <laughs> Super heavy. Um, yeah, I, I'm struggling with this because mm-hmm. I, I get it, and when I watch when I watch that movie, yeah, and I see the what seemingly is a very accurate portrayal of of the hardships that women had to go through right. to be taken seriously, especially in Ruth Bader Ginsburg's case, yes. law, and I'm sure yes. all other sectors of the more of right. of the work of the workforce, yeah, um, you know, being turned down because of things because of a biological thing that yeah. nobody can control. Right. right. And then all of the assumptions that are placed on top of that. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and you're sitting around and you're thinking like you want her to win. You want all of this to become true because we're sitting here in our place in time in 2019, yeah. looking back on at, in 1970s. And, I'm, and you're thinking like, well, that's such an archaic, those are such archaic arguments. Of course they're going to lose. Like we, there's no way possible that that's going to win, but that was like a long shot yes. that she was going to win that case yeah. to begin with. Right. And, um, but now, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, we're glad that that happened. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sad <laughs> that Ruth Bader Ginsburg won that case and right. changed precedent because right. women were, you know, it, it, it got us closer to better gender equality. Yeah. So I'm thinking today, like, well, why am I being, why am I so? Why am I like so apprehensive about it and like have anxiety about mm-hmm. it today when I'm applauding it happening right. back in the night like applauding the 1970s and I don't know where my right. thought processes are mm-hmm. on that right now. Well, because, I love that you're asking that question though. Mm-hmm. Because you should be. Why do I feel that way? And that's very And part of me part of me wonders is is it because identify as a Republican mm-hmm. and having that conservative view of the courts mm-hmm. is part of is been, is kind of like that a, one, a lingering thing that's in my mind that's telling me I have to believe this because I'm a Republican. Dude, you sound exactly like how I feel about so, having the liberal views. So that's where I'm at. Dude so, bones it. Bones. Yeah. Well, we're not saying we have the answers no, on this one. But by we any definitely means. have the conversation. <laughs> yeah. I hope this helped it. I hope this helped 
you guys in some way as much as it has helped Jeff and I. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I'm sure we're going to explore this further. Um, and we're gonna, sounds like we're both going to be reading some books yeah. as time goes. But um, as always, thank you guys for listening. You know where to find us on social media. Um, share, like, and subscribe this podcast, guys. We're trying to have fun. Oh, if you guys want to come on, come on, too. It's always fun with I know, guests. I know we've said that, and yes. a couple people have replied to your poll, so maybe we should reach out to those people. Mm, good call. Good right. call. And it's always fun for us when we have guests. I don't know if it's fun to listen to, but I love having Christmas episode on. did really well. Yes. So maybe and guests For do. me, having Rudy on, mm-hmm. and I, I will say this a million times over, I love the perspective that Megan brings. Yeah. She, it's so much fun. So you guys have perspectives, too. Come tell us how wrong we are. Yeah, please. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much. Bye. (laughs) Say what you mean.